This is the Do It Scared podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number six. Today we are chatting with brilliant blogger Rosemary Groner about how to bounce back when life throws you a curveball. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. This episode is brought to you and made possible by the world's very best tool for managing your time and getting your life in order, the Living Well Planner. Created by yours truly, the Living Well Planner is designed to help you organize your time, manage your budget, plan your meals and your to-do list, and crush your goals all in one place. It literally is the tool that keeps me sane every day, and it can absolutely do the same for you. You can find it online at livingwellplanner.com. And be sure to use our promo code DOITSCARED to save $10 on your order in our special offer just for podcast listeners. Hey guys, and welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. My name is Ruth Sukup, and I am the founder of Living Well Spending Less and the Living Well Planner, as well as the founder of Elite Blog Academy and the New York Times bestselling author of five soon-to-be-six books. For those of you who already know me from either LWSL or EBA or from my weekly newsletter, let me just say that I am so, so glad to have you joining me on this brand new medium. And for those of you who are new and just finding me through this podcast, welcome. We are going to have a lot of fun together. In today's episode, we are going to be talking to a brilliant blogger and wildly successful entrepreneur, Rosemary Groner, about having the courage to pursue her big dreams, as well as what happens when your awesome life turns out to be, well, not quite as awesome as you thought it was going to be. (laughs) She has had a lot of curveballs thrown at her recently, and she has got a lot of wisdom to share. And I promise that it will inspire you to take some action in your own life, hopefully starting today. Because that's really what this podcast is all about, right? It's about taking the steps that will help us move past our fear and create a life we love. Because courage doesn't mean that we are never afraid. Instead, courage is being scared, but taking action anyway, despite our fear. It's putting one foot in front of the other, even when we're not quite sure where the path will lead us. Okay, so one more quick thing before we dive into today's episode. You can download your own Do It Scared Manifesto to remind yourself to start living your own life of courage right now. You can get it by texting Do It Scared to 44222 or by visiting doitscared.com. Once again, either text Do It Scared, all one word, to 44222 or visit doitscared.com. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to leave a review on iTunes because I will be choosing reviewers at random to receive Do It Scared mugs and t shirts. And also be sure to subscribe on iTunes to be notified whenever we have a new episode. And now, without further ado, I couldn't be more excited to introduce you to our next podcast guest, one of the most genuinely smart and kind and authentically wonderful people I know. She is a wildly successful blogger at The Busy Budgeter and the creator of several fantastic products, including the 90-Day Budget Bootcamp, as well as the Affiliate Strategy Guide for Bloggers. All right. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast, Rosemary. Thank you so much for being here today. And I can't even tell you how excited I am to be talking to you today. We have so much to talk about. I know. Seriously. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, okay. So just to like to give everyone an overview of who you are, where you've been, where you came from, how you got invited to be on this podcast. Just like give us kind of the the rough and dirty overview of who you are and what makes you tick. Okay. So I was actually a state trooper for about nine years and 
we had our first baby and I just looked around and was like, I am so done with this. Like all they wanted to do is be a stay at home mom. However, we were over $30,000 in debt at the time. And we, oh, we fought so much about, about money and spending. So what I did was I quit my job within one year of saying that I wanted to, and I replaced my income from home with a home daycare. I did that for about a year and a half until I got a random email from you talking about a little blogging course you had called Elite Blog Academy. And you mentioned that you made a full-time income from blogging. And I was like, shut up. I'm in. I bought it (laughs) in like 10 minutes of getting the email. And within 10 months, I was a full-time blogger. And within Let's see, within 18 months, I was making over $20,000 a month blogging, and it just crazy. kept skyrocketing up. It's and it's been just been crazy since then, pretty much. It's been, ins- it's been insane. It's, it's been insane. And that is like, I mean, you're like, obviously, just this huge success story for Elite Blog Academy, and you've been such a champion for Elite Blog Academy, too, which I um, am, am incredibly grateful for. <laughs> your mentor. Um, but it's, it's just been so cool to watch, to watch it work for you and to watch this program that, that we created just like kind of come to life and watch you, what, what would you say like has been kind of the like key to making it work and making it stick for you? I think implementation. So in my mind, I really limit the voices that are in my head. I don't, there's so much information on the internet. It's all contradictory, but once you figure out one person, and for me, you are that person, like the way that you teach just speaks to me. It's very step-by-step. You don't have to understand the overarching concept. You're like, I always call it like, do this and then come back to me. Did you do it? Good. Okay. Now do this. And I just learned so well from that. And once I found you, I just shut myself out to everybody else. And I just implemented everything that you taught me. And I really, I really think that that is the secret to success is not trying to research a million different opinions and a million different ways to do it, but to find somebody that's ahead of you that teaches in a way that you understand, and then just to hold on tight and actually implement everything that you learn. That's really smart. And it's, I mean, it is so true that it's all about implementation. I mean, that is, I think that's the thing that so many people don't realize is that it's not hearing the stuff. I mean, we all, we're, and it's not even finding the right information or finding good information. It's putting it into practice and it is putting it into practice on a daily basis and testing it and trying it and trying new things. I mean, that's kind of what this podcast is about too. It's do it scared, like do it even if you don't know exactly what you're doing, just try it because if you don't do anything, you're never, you're never going to, you're never going to see any results. But if you actually try something and try another thing and try another thing, you might see it happen. And I know like it's easy to look at somebody like you and go, well, she just must be really super smart or she just got really lucky or, and you are super smart. Like don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't think not so. come out the right way. You are super smart. And yes, you, you are like, and, but And it's easy to look at you and go, well, she was just in the right place at the right time, or she just got really lucky or whatever. And I think there's always going to be a little, like some facets, like, yes, you got, you worked really hard and got in the right place to get in the right place at the right time. But I think what people don't always realize is that like, it's not all fun and games, right? So let's talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Yeah. I mean, do you want to talk, like, just dive right in or? (laughs) (laughs) Dive right in. Ooh, this is like, well, should we get the lead up? So, okay. So let's maybe give it a little bit of a build up here. Okay. um, You have had this amazing success in your business and you've been a huge, um, just a very public advocate. Like you've, you had done income reports for a long, like a while and been really open about how much money you were making and and have been a huge advocate for Elite Blog Academy and how it's, it's helped you create all this success. And I think that people look at that and go, oh my gosh, like everything must be going great behind the scenes. But this year, like in the last couple of years, you've had like some pretty big, like hard things too. So can we talk, like share about that? Yeah. So we stopped the income reports at a hundred thousand dollars a month, which is insane, right? I mean, the fact (laughs) that we even made it to that. And one of the reasons why we stopped the income reports is that every time 
I would post something. Like I'd be like, oh, I'm doing a mastermind in SEO. I would find all of these new bloggers are now doing SEO, even though that's probably not the best thing for them to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the factors. Um, the hardest thing that we've had to go through is that nobody talks about this and there isn't a lot of information out there about it. But so as my income grew and grew, right? $100,000 a month is an insane amount of money. Um, Even with our overhead, my husband um, opened a brewery, which had been his dream. And he had been working on it long, long before the blog was even a thought, right? He'd been working on this for two years before I even got that one sales email from you. And so having that additional income from me gave him the opportunity that he could actually go ahead and, and build his dream. He could open that brewery. That turned out to be the worst thing that could have ever happened to us because that brewery was a nightmare. There was a partner involved. Everything went south really, really quickly. They ended up closing within a year and they brought with it an immense amount of liability. Like, Oh, crazy, crazy. Cause you know, when you start a brick and mortar company, you don't do it uh, right. It's it's expensive. I have a month for blues. We're talking like millions of dollars. Yes. Um, And then, so now it's like, so now you're in the situation where I'm like, I make a hundred thousand dollars a month working 20 hours a week on my blog. And my husband has put his heart and soul into this working 90 hours a week the brewery fails. Now he's at home. And I think the idea behind it was he was going to, you know, do the dishes and the laundry and raise the kids, like kind of the role that I was originally interested in. And that was a little bit of a nightmare because, you know, it's so, it was so, he put so much into this and then to not only have it fail, but to have to sit home and watch me succeed. Right. It's hard. It's really hard. hard. Oh that's my hard. And like, it, I mean, that's just got to be hard on your marriage in general to have something like that happen. Yeah. And- I mean, it was, it was, and it's so hard too, because I'm like, you know, I'm teaching other bloggers and I'm like, blogging mm-hmm. is awesome. And then at the same time, I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> um, and I think for us, like the hardest part was that, so like I read this article and I can't even tell you where it was from now, but it said that women who make more than their husbands will actually do more chores than someone who doesn't make more than their husband because they're so concerned with um, not emasculating the husband. Like, really? Yeah. And it's like, I completely agree with that. When I read it, I was just like, that makes so much sense because you're, you're almost trying to like apologize for succeeding. And I think that that happens a lot with us and it's not his fault. Like he's a fantastic guy. Like what happened is not his fault, but at the same time, it, it was just like this perfect storm of events. And there's no information out there about how to tackle this stuff when it happens, because you know, what is your target audience of women that make a hundred thousand dollars a month with a mm-hmm. spouse who had a, a business failure? There's not a ton of people out there who are looking for that on Pinterest. No. And that financially this has had like a big effect on you guys too, right? Oh yeah. It's got $1.2 million of potential liability. So it's is that you're on the hook for. Yeah, totally on the hook for. And out of the four people that started the business, like three of them are now unemployed and me, I am Making now- a ton of money. Yeah. I'm like, so, you're the, so you're the one that everybody's coming to saying we want our money back. Right. Yeah. And how has that, how has that impacted like your motivation for working? It pretty much zapped it completely. The first thing that I noticed was, and obviously this was a ton of stress. The first thing that I noticed was that I had what appeared to be writer's block, which I've never had before. Like I've mm-hmm. always thought of blogging as like, I mean, just this insanely fun game. Like I, I couldn't believe that I made money from this. And like, I love sitting down and writing newsletters. I love writing posts. And then when all of this started happening, I would sit down to write and I would just stare at my computer for hours where normally I could write a post or an email in like 30 minutes. It's just yeah. it's more like just trying to like decide what I want to write. Um, that was the first thing that happened. That's when I started getting a little bit nervous because I was like, what are the long-term implications of a blogger that can't write? <laughs> um, it's not so good. It's kind, of, again, kind of essential. <laughs> yeah, pictures for it. No advice there. Um, and then, so 
what ended up happening was like, and I, and I think that a lot of it has to do with what we're just talking about the marriage is like some part of me was like, maybe it's not a good idea to succeed. Do you know what I mean? Is this a good idea? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I, what am I doing? Like the more money that I make, it seems like, you know, the unhappier we are. And I think that we've really turned a corner from this. I'm talking about stuff that kind of happened a little bit ago, but, um, so how did you, how did you turn the corner? Like what was for you, like the catalyst to realize like, I, like this is a huge blow to my life, to my ego, to our marriage, to just like everything that I hold dear in my life. And now yeah. how am I going to, because that would be like, I think a lot of people would look at 1.4 million or $1.2 million in debt, whatever it was and go, I, I can't even deal with this. Like sh just yeah. shut down yeah. and just go, I don't, what's the point? Why am I doing this? Yeah. It's ruined my marriage. It's like, I, I, I don't know where to go with this. So how did you, how did you fix it? Like, how did you move forward? Tell so us So there's, that. and we're still not completely out of it. Right. But it's good um, to know that. that yeah, it's, you know, it's really good to know that. Yeah. It's good uh, to know that. Most of it. So I would say the, the biggest factor was that I was angry at John. And I just said, like, this is not his fault, right? And it's not his fault. If we had switched positions, the same thing could have happened to me. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but for whatever reason, um, when we had started the business, right, I was, I was doing the daycare when he had started the blog, or I'm sorry, mm -hmm. when he had started the brewery. So in my mind, um, they had actually put me on the paperwork as like, uh, oh, you know, we don't want you to feel excluded. <laughs> and now I'm like, why did we put my names on that? On that? And so I think like the first thing that I had to do was I had to realize that irrational or not, I'm very angry. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I was very resentful. And that doesn't mean that what I it doesn't mean that I'm wrong or that he's wrong or that anybody's wrong. It's just that's that's the way that I feel and that's what had to happen happened. So we had that first and we did marital counseling, which I think we were very like nervous about doing. It is amazing. Like it's so amazing. I feel like it's like date night, but with more talking and I <laughs> love counseling. It's like my favorite thing now. Lunch after. Um, so if there's any part of you that's like, maybe I should do marital counseling, but maybe it's going to be terrible. It's not, it's like amazing. Um, so that was the first part that helped me get through a lot of that and just, and it also helped him because, you know, he's like, what in the world? Like, I just took a risk and I failed. And now instead of being supportive, you're like super angry, like what happened? And it helps him kind of understand where I was coming from. And it let everybody talk about their feelings without any sort of blame. Um, and then the next thing that I did was you have to understand that starting, you know, me quitting the state police to open a, a home daycare was a huge risk. And it's one that didn't work out great. It worked out great for me because I loved it. But John felt like I turned his house into a daycare, which I legitimately did. <laughs> it's like the exact definition. Um, and that was an instance where I took a huge risk and he kind of had to pay the price for that. And so grateful that I got that one random email from you that turned it all around. <laughs> but um, so realizing that and recognizing that you know, if you don't ever take risks in life, you're not ever going to get anywhere. And that John mm -hmm. didn't do anything wrong. John went after his dreams and this particular dream didn't work out. And that you can either let it break you or you can let it build you. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's either going to be the thing that just ends everything and it's going to mm -hmm. end our marriage and it's going to end my blog um, because I wouldn't have the motivation to work on it. Or we're going to let this moment in time define everything. And we're going to, we're going to move forward and we're going to go after everything that we want with gusto. And I think that when you look at those two options, I think building is obviously the better plan. Yeah. So that's kind of where you're, where you've gone with that. And just like, has the anger subsided now to some extent? Yeah, I would say almost all of the anger is gone. I think counseling had a big factor in that. I'm still dealing with like in as far as the blog goes, like it's hard for I'm still in a writer's block. I still have problems with that. Although I'm definitely thawing a little bit. I don't know if that's a thing. But the more that I talk about it, the easier it is to kind of deal with it. And I don't think anybody because you know, part of blogging is that it's not really relevant to most people's situations. So I have the majority of my audiences about budgeting and then there's a small subsection for blogging. They don't really need to know not to start a million dollar brewery because they're probably not in that situation to do that. So I felt like on 
loading all of this onto them was just not really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, But in actuality, I found that it was helpful because it helped me relate to them and it helped me get back into what I do best, which is trying to help people. Yeah. And it, I mean, for some people, like your story might be extreme and then like starting a brewery might be extreme, but I mean, people go out and do start businesses all the time, different types of businesses, whether it's a franchise or, you know, a a shop or a restaurant or different, different things. And that comes with a huge amount of risk and it doesn't always pan out. I mean, that's, that is the nature of entrepreneurship. And as an entrepreneur, you probably realize that too. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> that is, and, but so it is interesting to see like how you, how you deal with the after effects of when things don't go as planned, because that's a huge, that's a huge thing for a lot of people. Like once yeah. you have a failure or you have a big hurdle to overcome, or you have something like a huge blow, whether it's getting sick or bankruptcy or whatever it is in life, it's really hard to like move past it and go, okay, this happened, but now I can, it doesn't have to be the thing that defines my life. It doesn't have to be the thing that defines my marriage. It doesn't have to be any of that. I can, I can still go and take future risks. So what do you feel like is going to give you like, and, and your husband too, like, and the two of you together, like in the future, how, like, what have you learned from this? And in terms of what you're going to do differently going forward? So I think two things. One is that successful people fail more than everyone else. And we so true. That. I love that you said that. Yeah, it's true. And it's totally true. And we saw that even before the brewery is mm-hmm. just, it was a hard to remember that staring at 1.2, $1.4 million almost. Um, and then what we did or what we decided to do was that we took a hard look at, at what we wanted. And we realized that the whole reason why I started the home daycare was because I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, right? I wanted to be the one that does the Pinterest activities and goes to the aquarium on a weekday and bakes the bread. And then I was so resentful because like he had this opportunity, like you could be baking bread. What's wrong with you? Why are you sad? And I'm trying to shove him into this position um, that he doesn't want to be in. And we realized that just because he doesn't need to make money at home, you know, because as much as that debt is like the fact of the matter is I don't make $20,000 a year. Like I, we could potentially, um, we could handle that debt. Um, Mm -hmm. and so the idea is that rather than pushing him into a position that he's not happy in and he doesn't want to be in, let's put him in a position that he can go after his passions and he can take those risks and be happy with. And ever since he was a little kid, he's always wanted to be a pilot, like his whole life. Oh, wow. um, and that was never an option because it costs a lot of money to become a commercial pilot. Um, so that's something that he's pursuing right now. He would oh, like to go awesome. be a pilot. And it's something cool that I can support him in. Yeah. The other thing that I think we learn is that there's a risk versus reward. And um, I think it's important for certain. So some people are risk adverse and some people are okay with risk. And that doesn't mean that you can't ever take a risk. Everybody should always be willing to take a risk. But I think that if you looked at the brewery, the the risk was really, really high and the reward was maybe about here. And I think that if we had spent more time talking about the implications of that, either we would have come to an agreement together to be like, we're okay taking that risk together. And I think the way that it had happened was it was kind of like we were in too deep before we even really thought about the potential risk versus reward. Uh, it was something that kind of happened slowly. Yeah. Um, And so I think that going forward, we're going to talk about like big picture. What is the risk versus the reward? And if the risk is really, really big and the reward is maybe only here, but it's happy for us, like we can still dive in, but we're diving in with our eyes wide open, if that makes sense. That's huge. That's huge. So how, like, how would you do a breakdown if somebody says, somebody's listening and they're thinking about like taking a risk or should I open this business or should I try this new thing? How, like, how do you quantify that? Cause you're like the queen of ROI <laughs> on all things, which <laughs> just cracks me up. Like the way that you run your business, you really, really always are focusing on ROI from in a really huge way. So yeah. It's interesting that you didn't on no. this investment, but now, like now that you can look back and like, what would, what advice would you give somebody, um, as they're thinking about this, how to, so, t- how to decide if they want to take the risk? 
I would sit down with a piece of paper, legit piece of paper, and I would write down what is the best possible thing that could come out of this? Like, what is the potential awesome thing? Like, if it's a business, like how much income could you potentially generate? There's a lot of information out there that you could easily research. And if you can't, you just reach out to somebody in that position and go with Gusto and try to see if you can get a quick interview. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But try to get some sort of information as to how much income this could potentially generate And then look at the liability. How much liability could this potentially have? What could, what other things could happen? So for instance, we did not think about the 90 hour work weeks in the brewery. Mm. Call it stupid, but our only um, business to that point was the blog, which I worked 20 hours a week and we're like, it can't Mm. be much worse than that. Maybe 40 hours a week. But he was working 90 hours a week and it was like, it was like a lot of like backbreaking work at the time. I mean, he was brewing and running the business. Um, so when you look at those two things, is that, is that reward worth that risk? And just for instance, we talk about this all the time, but the blog, we risked a couple hundred dollars on Elite Blog Academy. We risked like three ninety five dollars a month for hosting. And that was pretty much it. And the potential mm-hmm. reward of that is insane. So like, this is like a no brainer. Plus mm-hmm. it's something that I would love to do. Um, the brewery, we risked an insane amount of liabilities for, I mean, a fraction of what I make um, at the blog. It just doesn't add up. Like that risk to reward doesn't make sense. Now, part of this might come into the equation that you just really want to do it. And we see this a lot with authors. Like I'm not a huge fan of traditional publishing. I think it makes more sense to Mm self-publish because I'm all about ROI. But if (laughs) if you've had a dream your entire life to be like a published author and have your books in Barnes and Noble, it makes total sense for you to go after a um, traditionally published book. Maybe it doesn't make the most financial sense, Mm -hmm. but if your dream is to have your book in Barnes and Noble, then that makes total sense. So it's not always just financial, but you should go into this knowing exactly like what the numbers are, what the risk is, what, what the, and if you, what the real cost is going to be what is the worst thing that could happen? Mm -hmm. And if the worst thing happens, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle that? And just kind of like thinking ahead of the game. That's what I wish we had done. Yeah. That you had, do you think that if you had done that with the brewery, um, if you had quantified it a little bit more and really like said, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen? Which I guess in in any business, the worst thing that's going to happen is that like, it fails and you lose everything. Yeah. So that's always going to be the worst case scenario. So if that happens, like, will it still be worth it? Because sometimes it is worth it. I mean, and yeah. even this, I think for you will be one of those experiences. Yeah. Eventually you're probably not at that point yet, but it'll be one of those experiences where you look back and go, I learned so much from that, that I'm, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, but I'm really glad like we had to work through it and like whether it made your marriage stronger or whatever it does for you eventually, which hopefully it will be lots of things, um, will be worth it. So I think that's like, that's something to think about too, when you're thinking about risk. Sometimes even when you fail, it's worth it. A lot of times, even when you fail, it's worth it. But are you prepared for that? Like, are you prepared for what the worst case scenarios should be? So you're not blindsided by it. Cause you feel, I think I got the feeling, I get the feeling that you felt like a little bit blindsided oh, by it. Totally. I think, <laughs> um, so my role in this going forward was like, this is nothing to do with me. It's John's like, John's yes. going to handle that. I'm doing what I'm doing. And it never even occurred to me. So like I never, and I had reservations pretty early on and I never once voiced them. Like I was just like, mm. Oh, you know, it'll all be fine. That's John's thing. Um, stupidly, even though my name's on the paperwork. And then I think that if at any point we had sat down to do this, we would have had a lot of hard conversations. If I had to guess, I think we probably would have done it anyway, but I, we probably would have done it without maybe the resentful in the, in the bitter and things like that. We would have mm-hmm. done it and we both would have been like, okay, like we're doing we it. it. If we fail, yeah. we're in it together. Yep. Yeah, no, totally. And I totally get that. And we've had, in in my marriage, we've had certain like similar things where there have been things and times where I have completely resented 
check for decisions that he made without me because I felt like I just didn't have the say. And there have been other things that we've done. Um, you know, like we decided to invest in an oil well one time or in drilling an oil well. And it was like kind of a crazy thing. And we have, um, we won't have partial ownership in one oil well and it's always done really well. So we're like, we'll try another one. And it was a big investment and it was totally, the well was totally dry. We got nothing out of it. Like it was, (laughs) you know, $20,000 down the drain or whatever it was, but had it paid off, it was sort of one of those things Like, had it paid off, it would have been really great. And we took the risk and we did it willingly together. And afterwards we're like, okay, well that was that. And (laughs) now we're going to move on. But it's, so I, that is, that's very much true. Like when there's the two of you in a situation, you have to really like weigh the pros and cons together. And, uh, And that doesn't always mean that it's going to turn out, but at least if you're going in knowing that you have like made the decision and weighed it, I think that does make it easier no matter what. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we learned a lot from it and I agree. Like, I think it's going to be one of those things that looking back and it already has been a little bit like this because I mean, just honestly, the marriage counseling alone is so fun and you learn so much. And I had no idea, like, I wish we had done this back when Mm -hmm. we struggled with money, but we kind of like fixed that when I got really into budgeting and we figured out how to get on board with that. And we never really did that with the rest of our marriage. So like just that alone, I think it's been really awesome. And also just learning that like failure is kind of a part of life. Like it's not anything that's going to go away. This is not the first time we're going to fail. Like this is not the last. Um, No, because if you're doing something right, it means you're also failing. Right. And that is, that is just the nature of it. You are going to have some wins. You're going to hit some singles. You'll hit some home runs and you will strike out a bunch of times. Like like how's that for a sports analogy for you? <laughs> yeah, like, so like, sports? yeah such a sporty person. <laughs> but it but it is very, very true. And so do you feel like this has been one of the hardest business lessons for you? Do you feel like there's been some other good ones that you some doozies that have come up? This- I mean, this is definitely the hardest. And maybe yeah. that's just because we're still kind of at the tail end of it. Um yeah. But for me, I think this was the hardest. The um, the only other hard thing that I, I had was like figuring out. So in the beginning, right? Everybody hears a success story, but nobody understand what goes into it, right? They're like, oh so my true. gosh, she just, and I even just- Overnight success. Me. Yeah. <laughs> As we introduced me, I'm like, and then like 18 months later, I was at $20,000. And like, <laughs> Like there's a, like a whole bunch of stuff that we just glossed over in that yes. overview. Yes. Um, but I don't think most people understand like, you know, so I grew my blog to full-time income work, working 10 hours a week and I'm often quoted as that. But what they don't understand is that at the time I was running daycare 50 hours a week and still caring for my own family in my ho- house. That 10 hours a week was from 6 a.m. to midnight in any little 30 minute pocket that I can fit it into. Like mm-hmm. I said no to so many things like outings with friends and vacations because I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that there's an a, enormous amount of tenacity and that you have to put into growing anything mm-hmm. in order to have success. And I feel like it's so hard to listen to people go, and then overnight, it was just amazing. And like, yeah. it's hard. And it to was really so easy it. and it didn't hurt at all. <laughs> it was just great. <laughs> That's very, very true. I find that too, that that is that I've gotten that at different points where all of a sudden people are like, oh my gosh, it's like you just sprang out of nowhere. And yeah, that sprang out of nowhere. It took four years <laughs> to get there of working for zero dollars. Like, man, I didn't, I worked a lot more than 10 hours a week. <laughs> But yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. So can you talk about a little bit more about the role of fear in your business? Since this is the Do It Scared podcast and we want to talk about facing your fears and what have been some things that have really scared you um, either in your life or in your business and how have you moved past that fear? So I would say for me, I was, I mean, I actually always had the fear of failure and it's funny because I don't think I ever realized it. I, I was scared. I'd never put it into context of what I was scared of, but so there was this one part in Elite Blog Academy where it has you send out your blog for feedback to your entire email list, right? And remember when we just talked about implementing? So my Mm -hmm. success from Elite Blog Academy became, I did every single assignment like to the T, like I was your most model student. (laughs) 
So I love that. <laughs> and keep in mind, right? So I had been a state trooper. All of my friends were state troopers. These are all like manly men, right? There's like less yeah. than 2% of the women were in, in the state police. Um, and so I had to send out this blog, which was new and it looked like crap to like all of these former coworkers who probably thought I was completely insane for like quitting my job, my really, really well-paying job to run a home daycare. And yeah. now I'm doing something called a blog, which nobody even understands, but I did it. I did every single thing. I sent it out to all of those people. I got three responses back out oh of like gosh. 300. It was heartbreaking. <laughs> But what it did was it taught me to market myself and it taught me not to be scared to put myself out there because that was like the scariest thing that I could have done. And I did it. And then looking back at that, I was like, okay, so after that humiliation, like who cares if I fail really, it's already bad. (laughs) That was the, for you, that was like the worst. That was the worst. Was it the fear of failure or was it the fear of what other people will think about you? It was the fear of everyone getting that, looking at my blog and being like, she's an idiot. Like that she's doing this. A fear of looking stupid. And I, at the time, like I was not a success, like that was a fairly early assignment. So like, I felt like I was already a failure. Um, and then, but I, I feel like I turned that around and I was like, I will kill myself to be successful. And now a lot of those people will write to me and ask me for advice on how to start a blog. And I'm like, that's amazing. So that's interesting because you turn, basically you turned your fear into your motivation because you faced it. You face this thing that you were so afraid to, and that's for so many people. I mean, that is like the, the fear of what other people will think when you try something new, when you put yourself out there, when you do something different, whether it's starting a business or going after a new job or like even like people have that. I hear that all the time. Like people are afraid to ask for a promotion at work because they're afraid of what their coworkers will think of them. But to be able to turn that, that fear into like your motivation for success is, is really, really powerful because there, I don't think there is a more powerful motivator than that fear in your belly that you might, that like something might happen. Like that is that, I mean, that'll get you going. That'll get you up a little bit earlier in the morning and just like keep you going. And I, I remember feeling the same way too. Like I set this huge goal that was so big that it scared me and I didn't know that I could do it. And so that was enough to like get me up and keep me going. And, and just like, I don't want to, I don't want to not do this. I will succeed no matter what. Cause I'm not going to let other people look at me and laugh. <laughs> Maybe I had that same fear. Yeah. Of what will people think of me? But yeah, no, I totally, I totally get it. So, okay. So here at uh, do it scared. You know that one of my mottos, one of my biggest mottos is rules are for suckers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Heard me like, say that like once or twice. <laughs> yeah. Like, or a hundred, <laughs> just a few times. Um, so tell me, are you a rule follower, a rule breaker? Oh. And what are your, like, what are the rules that you just flat out ignore? So I, I am definitely not a rule follower unless I think it's important. All of my rules come down to if I find, if I understand the purpose for it, I will follow it explicitly. But if I think it's a stupid rule, I'm not doing it. And in the police (laughs) academy, we have the stupidest rules. And I led my class with the most demerits. I was (laughs) like 50 demerits. And it was because I pretty much refused to make my bed every single day. It was horrible. And I was like, but in my mind, I'm like, I'm not going to make my bed. I just got out of it. I'm super busy. I'm getting back into it tonight. Like that's not happening. Yeah, it's hilarious. And so, yeah, but I'm, that's me. Like, I'm like, if I don't think it makes sense, I'm just not doing it. And there's nothing that anybody can say <laughs> to convince me to do it. So I'm actually really lucky that I was so vested in EBA. And I was like, this woman yeah. is going to follow wow. every single step. But the rules are for suckers, except my rules. Yeah, exactly. That's what I tell my kids. <laughs> that is actually, I think that's what you tell us in EBA too. Yeah. Except for my rules. Follow my rules. All of mine. Like, okay. <laughs> so true. Okay. So what are you working on right now? That's like, got you super fired up. Tell me about that. 
All right. So I like what I'm doing right now is, so I built this thing, right? I built this huge like machine. We call it the beast and it's amazing and it's fulfilling, but what I really, really want. And I think, you know, the beast, wait, your, your business, you call the, the beast. Yeah. The business <laughs> built this beast. Right. And okay. it's like running and it's going good. Yeah. But what I really, really want is a chance to kind of appreciate everything. Do you know what I mean? So I don't just have to, and I feel like people, it's like, you're either like this amazing business person or you're this amazing mom and like, you can't be both. And I, and I feel like, and I don't know if this is possible yet, but my goal is to actually automate as much as I can of the business and go from right now I'm working 25 hour work week to go to a 10 hour work week, but still grow the business, still run it really well, but then have more time to kind of just chill and like, so we talk about strengths finder all the time and I don't know if everybody here knows about it, but like, I'm actually a low achiever. So it's in my bottom five. Um, but I'm high focus and like, I would really like love the idea just to be able to work in analytics and to create products and to have sales funnels and be able to automate some stuff and not just constantly be producing, producing, producing. So I don't know if it's going to work out, but so far it's been really, really good, but I would love a chance to be able to do that and then just do other stuff that like lights a fire in me, like be able to travel more and just, you know, like just keep searching for stuff. To, to do. Does that make sense? That sounds yeah. very like. So you're super, like, it sounds like what you're most excited right now is just like setting up these systems in your business so that it runs independently of you. Yeah. Which so is pretty I cool. Like I'm going to take a month or two off and then. Have That's it amazing. Done. That's I amazing. So are you working on any products or projects or anything like that right now? So we have two flagship products that are coming out, one for the budgeting audience and one for the blogging audience. And mm -hmm. we're putting like our heart and soul into them. They're going to be like super, super amazing. I'm pretty much doing that for the next um, seven to eight months. Um, and then wow. we've got funnels and everything set up so that people automatically go into funnels and they get personalized emails from me, but we're using old emails that we had written, you know, cause we have three years worth of really, really awesome emails. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we can pick out the ones that did the best and we can make like this funnel of only awesome emails and only awesome content. Um, and then, so in theory, if everything goes all right, we'll be able to incorporate products into those funnels and make everything evergreen. But to be determined. So far, it's what? working so, really, really well. How long do you think all of this automation is going to take you to set up? So we've been working on it since November, um, but it was kind of a slow start because I still didn't really understand the whole, like I understand what I wanted to do, but I didn't understand the best way to do it. And then we started really, really working on it in January. I would expect the products to be created. It's already kind of working, meaning we already have funnels with the products that we have. Um, I'm still working 25 hours a week. I would expect by October or November of this year to be working 10 hours a week and having my income stay consistent, like without a drop. That's my That's goal. That's amazing. I think That's exciting. Happen. I That's feel like exciting. It's yeah, it's really exciting. So do you feel like you're a perfectionist when it comes to stuff or are you not some, is that not one of your struggles? Not one of my struggles. <laughs> I feel like it's the opposite where I'm like, we should be paying more attention to this. So I'm like, if things matter, I, I'm really, I'm I guess maybe that's the ROI coming out, but like if something mm -hmm. matters, then it's treated really, really importantly. But most of the things I find don't matter. And those things I don't, I don't struggle with perfectionism. Okay. But is that no, no, that's totally, we, it's, it's funny when I'm, you know, I'm working on my do it scared book right now, which will be coming out next year in 2019. And we're doing this huge study, um, on fear and fear, like the different types of fear. And we've identified nine, like very distinct, different types of fear, fear archetypes that people have. And so perfectionism is definitely one for people like the fear of not getting getting it perfect or not making, getting it right. But that's not for everybody. Like for some people, like for you, it's the fear of what people will think of me and also the fear of failure, which are two really big ones. Those are oh, yeah. Yeah, one those of their are own. And most people have like at least a couple and we're actually going to have this really amazing assessment kind of like strengths finders that you can take and find out more about like what your specific fear um, archetype is. But um, yeah, it's most people have like like a main one, a dominant one, and then like some secondary ones. And it's really interesting to know, like if your fear is 
um, perfectionism, then overcoming it is a different type of like, you have to take different steps to overcome that versus having to overcome, um, the fear of what other people are going to think of you. So it's pretty nice. So want to take this and it's not available. Oh, it'll be coming out soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, I just, I'm dying to know, like that would be yeah. awesome. It's going to be, I'm, I'm get super pumped up about it. I mean, we have for this study, we've um, surveyed over 4,000 people. And so it's been really, yeah, it's been really, really, really in depth and a lot of work, but so insightful to, to just not only like the different types of fear that are holding people back, but also like what the catalyst is for overcoming those fears. And we're finding out a lot about that too. So that's been really cool. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, share all this research. I can't wait. I know. I feel such like such a researcher. <laughs> so, so official, so official, so official. Okay. So let me t- tell me this. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever received and why? So let's see there. I mean, there's a couple of them. I think, um, to weigh the risk and reward carefully and to make sure that it's worth it for you. I think that that's probably, and maybe that's just because of the current circumstances, but like, that's the thing that I keep coming back to and that there are times that like, it's a lot of risk, but it's just worth it to you. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that, that is the thing that I think about the most recently, but also Mm -hmm. that like, sometimes you just have to jump, like just jump. Do you know what I'm saying? It just depends on the circumstances. I feel like if you weigh the risk and the reward carefully, I think most people in the situation would be like, what they're scared of doesn't actually have that big of a risk. Do you know what I mean? Really? Mm -hmm. When I sent that, when I sent my blog out to those 300 people, what is the worst thing that could really happen? Mm -hmm. They They laugh. That I'm stupid, right? Well, if they think you're stupid because you've sent out an email, do you really care what they think? Like, are they really that important to you? Mm -hmm. And then look at the reward of what could have come from that. Like, And what did come from that? What did come from that? $100,000 a month in income on a blog working 20 hours a week is insane. And So to like say that that risk is so worth or yeah, that's so worth that reward. Like I feel like if more people did that and really thought about what the worst thing that could happen was, I think more people would be like, this is totally worth it. Do you know what I mean? The things that are holding me back are not actually that important. Yeah. Oh, so true. So good. And then final question, how do you practice self-care in your life and take care of yourself and keep yourself energized? Oh my gosh. Um, so the first, I'm like a bubble bath, like obsessed person. Like I take more bubble baths than I think <laughs> most people do anything. Really? Like, oh my bubble God. Bath. Insane, <laughs> insane, insane, insane. Um, so bubble baths are like my favorite. Don't you get bored? No. I get bored in no. the bath. I, I just sit there, but it's your high achiever, right? I, I am a high achiever. I six hours and I would just be thrilled. Like, I feel very unproductive when I'm in the bath. <laughs> not relaxing for me at all. That's so funny. But so that's funny because we just had this big EBA launch, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like taking the week off and I'm shopping and I'm reading magazines and you're like working. Like it <laughs> energizes you. And I'm like, I just want to read magazines. Like I just want to chill. Yeah, no. Um, I but like so I- things off my list. That <laughs> so I think that the other thing like- um, like I, it, for me, it's self-care is that like, I try to protect myself from anything that is like super negative. And I know that this is kind of weird and I hope like nobody's offended, but like, I won't watch the news or anything like that because it stresses me out. Like there's mm-hmm. no good things that happen in the news anymore. And it just freaks me out. Um, but even like emails, like, so I have um, somebody that helps me with my emails. So if I don't get all of like the crazy people, so mm-hmm. it's like a buffer between all of that. Mm-hmm. So I think those two things alone help me stay more positive and optimistic. Mm-hmm. And then like doing a lot of bubble baths, like CrossFit. I'm like super into CrossFit, Mm. Um, but doing things that just make you happy. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you can't just achieve your whole life. You can't just, no, you can't. What is the purpose of having all of this income and this reduced work schedule if you don't figure out what you really want to do with the rest of your life? Yeah, that's very true. And that's, I mean, you're talking about protecting your confidence too, in terms of 
keeping that buffer with your email and just like doing some things because as an entrepreneur, I think that there's nothing more important to protect than your confidence. And so it doesn't surprise me actually, when you coming back to the writer's block thing, that if you have a huge blow to like your, just your confidence, because of, even though it wasn't your business failure, it was a failure for your family. And that's just as bad. Oh yeah. Um, then that's a confidence like shaker. And then you have to kind of build that back. And I'm glad to hear that you're, you're doing that in yeah. different ways. It's been yeah. an exciting year. But I will say I have to achieve even when I'm relaxing. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'm I, it's true. I know there's something, there's something, there is something wrong with that. I, for those of you who are listening and you're like, what is this achiever thing? This is from the strengths finder, which I'm a huge, huge um, advocate of the strengths finder assessments. If you've never done it, go to strengths finder, get the book. It's amazing, amazingly insightful to find out things about yourself and, and what makes you tick. But uh, yeah, I am, I'm high achiever. That's why now that I work out, like, I'm like, okay, I have to not only work out, I have to like beat my, beat my score and do better than I did last time. And <laughs> take it, yeah, take it to a whole new level. And I'm like, whew, I did a lot of work. So I'm going to relax for a day or two. So, but, and that's okay too. And that's what I love about strength finder is like, I yeah. always thought like this made me lazy and I'm like, I'm just really good at ROI. It's not laziness. Like it's a that's true though. Like it is. What is amazing though is that you because you are so focused, and that is that's true. That like you're so focused on ROI that it has allowed you to do be something lazy. that's pretty exceptional. To be lazy, to only work it ten is. hours a week and build an amazing business, and that yeah. is like that is really that's really incredible. This is the power of personality testing because it's true negatives into positives. Yes. So true. So true. Well, Rosemary, thank you so much for joining me today. This was such a like inspiring talk. And I think it's so incredible to see how like, I guess just like to pull back the curtains. I think sometimes you just see somebody and you see all their success and you go, wow, they must just have it all together all the time. And to realize like, that's not necessarily how it is. Like everybody, no matter how successful they are in life has some down times and some bad things too. And you got to be able to work through those and you're doing amazing. Now when someone searches it, they're going to have help. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's right. Oh, so thank you so much. And uh, you'll have to come back and join us again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Okay, guys, so that about does it for today. Once again, don't forget to grab your own Do It Scared manifesto. You can download it at doitscared.com or by texting Do It Scared to 44222 right now. Once again, that's doitscared.com or by texting Do It Scared, all one word, to 44222 on your phone right now. Now, before we go, I just want to say that I would absolutely love to hear from you. If you have any questions about what we talked about today or any other topics that you would like to see addressed on the Do It Scared podcast or any other guests that you'd like to see me interview, please feel free to reach out via email at ruth at livingwellspendingless.com or by filling out our form at doitscared.com. And that about does it for this episode of the Do It Scared podcast with Ruth Sukup. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes. I will be picking reviewers at random to win Do It Scared t-shirts and mugs, which can also be found in our Living Well shop at livingwellshop.co. Also, be sure to subscribe via iTunes to be notified of any new episodes. And speaking of upcoming episodes, be sure to join me next week as we dive much deeper into my very favorite motto of all time, rules are for suckers, and talk about exactly what I mean by that. I'll explain exactly where that motto came from, why I'm not afraid to teach it to my kids, and why I think it's going to be a motto that you should fully embrace in your own life too. It's going to be a fun one, one of my favorite topics, so don't miss it. I will catch you then.